Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, it's a big weekend at my house. It's potty training weekend, dude. Great, dude. Yeah. Great. You you don't sound as excited about it as I am. You're not actually that excited. I see the irony on your face. Oh, dude, it's just frustrating. I've like pooped myself at least three times. (laughs) I know. Don't worry, dude. You're going to get it. (laughs) You will eventually get the hang of it. But will the sharks get it, dude? (laughs) Will the sharks get it? Because they seem to crap themselves every time they play a really bad team. Yeah. What was the, uh, before I get ahead of ourselves, what was the, what was the record that Kurz posted? They're four, six, and two against teams that are last in their division. Yeah. Something awful like that. (laughs) Something awful like that. Uh, The All-Star break has come and gone. Brent Burns scored the last goal in the All-Star game. We have the epic series Mm -hmm. on leading us up to the big stadium series game. And the Sharks have played six games since the All-Star break, going a stunning three and three, which uh, about sums it up, dude. Yep. (laughs) But I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but the three wins are against good teams. All. All of them against good teams. We beat Anaheim handily after the break, and then we shut out Chicago. Maybe the Sharks' best, certainly Niemi's best performance of the season. And then we spanked Vancouver away. So, dude, do we want to get the bad stuff out of... Let's get the bad stuff out of the way first so we can focus on the positive, because Lord knows we haven't been doing much of that lately. Okay. So, dude, we lose to Edmonton. Of course. Yeah, and the Edmonton and Carolina game was essentially the same game to me. Like, I feel like <laughs> I was watching the same game. The Sharks fall down to a really crappy team that happens to be playing a little bit better, dude. Yeah. They've got their little orphan Annie wigs on, and they're feeling good about themselves because Daddy Warbucks gave them a pep talk. Yeah, yeah. And they rise up, and they beat the Sharks on Sharks ice yeah which is inexcusable dude it's inexcusable to lose those games and i don't care that we got a point against edmonton that oh, should yeah. be two points that should be two points last night should have been two points they shouldn't be having to to gut check themselves in the third period to come back against two bad teams really bad bad teams, teams. right so uh not good uh, the other bit of news that is not good is that Mark Edward Vlasic appears to be out with some sort of mystery ailment. It's been asked if it's the mumps. Uh, there's been a denial of that, um, but there has been no clear cut answer. And he was placed on IR today. He was. He was placed on IR, and Dylan Demello was brought up. So that's not good news, dude. No, I. I... The latest I read was a, a tweet from Kevin Kurz saying that he's sick, not that it's an injury. So that wouldn't be good. I'm going to look up uh, Pollock and Kurz here as you're talking. What else uh, stands out to you? I mean, the Calgary loss in Calgary is not shocking in any way. We, we have not matched up well against that team this year. And Calgary's on a surge again, dude. They're on a surge. Yeah, they're a, they're a fast team. They can catch you unawares. Uh, 
you know, I think maybe the Sharks might have been looking ahead to Vancouver, which is more of a division rival, and they forgot about the young and fast team that occasionally looks really hungry to make it to the playoffs in Calgary. And Calgary did what they do, which is skate past you, make you look kind of foolish, especially when, unfortunately, you got guys like Scott Hannon playing defense, who is not the fleetest of foot. They go around guys like that, and it's... uh and then they, they take advantage of these kinds of opportunities. And that's exactly what I felt like help uh, happened in Calgary to the Flames. And it's just our our boy Alex Daylock can't win a game, dude. Can't win a game. We're going to have a Niemi discussion later in the show. Let's hold off on that for now. Yeah, that's uh, not good. You know, <laughs> he, he has not been good in the last few months. And he's not gotten a lot of playing time Right but in his... Uh, in his brief appearances, he has not been good, dude. Here I've got the latest on Vlasic from David Pollock. Uh, with Vlasic out, Sharks were calling DeMello from Worcester. Uh, Pollock says in his latest tweet, had purposefully avoided word concussion in Vlasic coverage, but his going on IR changes that. Speculation only. Nothing from hashtag SJ Sharks. Hmm. So that is uh, Mr. Pollock speculating as to maybe why uh, Vlasic has been put on IR when the word was that it was just illness. Uh, Kevin Kurz's uh, um, update is uh, Vlasic placed on IR with that upper body injury. Fair to wonder now if it's a concussion. Earliest return date would be Friday at Arizona. So. Wow. Uh, not good news for the Sharks, who are already missing Justin Braun. Yes. Now they're missing Mark Edward Vlasic. And not that Vlasic being there would have maybe meant the Sharks win last night, but it certainly didn't help <laughs> when there were some really awful moments yes. in their own zone. Yes. Just by Brent Burns, too. Yeah, I some, mean, not just by Hannon. And I didn't think Tennyson looked that great. And Matt Irwin's in the lineup. So we're going to have Irwin and DeMello and Tennyson and Hannon in the lineup. Well, Mirko Mueller played last uh, Mueller. night, so you got to figure me. Mueller's going to continue to play, but um, he wasn't very good either. It, it's, been, it's been rough. You know, that, that's tough. And when you look at, you know, the Sharks have to play Calgary and Washington without Braun and Vlasic, that's going to be some uphill climbing, dude. Yes. It's going to be some uphill climbing, and it's going to mean that the Sharks as a team are going to have to have a better commitment to team defense than they have or that they did last night. Yeah, certainly last for night. For sure. When you saw at least one or two of those goals were sort of just missed assignments, open guys in bad spots, things like that. And I think we're going to see, need to see wingers drop in. Obviously, centers need to drop back and and pick up those guys in the center because we didn't, we didn't see that against Carolina. We saw open guys all over the ice and Niemi really kind of bailed them out for a good piece of that game. It could have been much worse in the first period. Oh, but the first goal, dude, I know you were there, but have you seen the replay of that first goal? And that was, it I'm was, tr- I'm trying was to remember so bad. It, I mean, so Niemi did not cover the post right. and he reaches for it with his glove instead of putting his skate against the post and it goes right by him. And it, that was a really, really bad one. And it just sort of set the tone early for it being kind of a cluster out there. Is that the one that went off the end boards and bounced back and it was just poked in? Kinda? I think so. I mean, 
I can't remember if he wrapped around or if it went off the boards. How, how the Sharks give up five goals to the second worst offensive team in the league is beyond me. But it happened. It's, it's not beyond me. I, clearly, I think that the reason why the Sharks are giving up these kinds of goals is because they make these sort of catastrophic defensive mistakes. And it's not necessarily by defensemen, but it seems to be more defensemen than anybody else. All right, dude. Enough of the negative. All Let's right. look at the positive. They beat Anaheim. They, they beat spanked them Anaheim, dude. Yeah. They spanked them. They, they made them weep openly. And we've owned them this year. Totally owned them. I'm not afraid of them. If we have to play them in the playoffs, not afraid. Hmm. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I think we're in their head, dude. It's the reverse of what it used to be. They used to be in our head big time. And I don't think that it, the last couple of years has not been the case. The Sharks do know how to beat the Ducks. They do not know how to beat the Kings. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Even though they beat them right before the All-Star break. Yeah, but I still think in a seven-game series, I would way rather play Anaheim right now than L.A. Oh, Even sure. with L.A. struggling. I yeah. still don't want anything to do with them. Yeah, Mike Richards gone. No, that's right. I mean, well... well we can talk about that yeah, later on. That, that's, I can't wait to see how they cover that yeah. in the uh, Epic's... Uh, documentary yeah because that's coming that should be in the next episode actually it'll be interesting to see what kind of coverage that gets you're right dude uh, let's talk about chicago so yeah. what what was the what was the big thing to you with the chicago game niemi was right. awesome mm-hmm. and just overall commitment to playing an all-around game and and they they were they played a structured game it seemed like dude mm-hmm. and they for some reason they're able to get up for these bigger games and against teams like new jersey they just they forget that they're potty trained. Yeah. And they just <laughs> make a huge mess on the kitchen floor, which is exactly what happened to me this morning. Nice. Yeah. Good story. Mm-hmm. I've got more. <laughs> and Vancouver, dude. Vancouver's a little bit different than the Chicago game in that they had a huge offensive explosion in the second period, scored, what, five goals in the second? Four yeah. goals in the second? I mean, Vancouver is a team that it really looks like they don't have a clue of who they are, or what they're doing. And. When we talk about the Sharks sort of being in an identity crisis, I mean, I think they aren't in an identity crisis. I think the Sharks know their problems are their problems, where Vancouver is supposed to be overhauled and a new attitude, and, and they're, they're facing some big questions coming up here in the next few weeks. I mean, are they going to go for it, or are they going to sell? You know, I mean, they're, they're on the cusp of being a playoff team, or they are a playoff team, but they don't look like a team that's going to make any noise. No. You know? Uh, they certainly look like a first-round loser right now. Right. And so it, it sort of begs the question, dude. You know, as we see, they are tied with Calgary right now uh, for the three seed, but they have three games in hand on mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, if if you're the Sharks right now, and we had a little bit of a conversation like this online, dude, mm-hmm. um, and you look at the Pacific – if you're Doug Wilson, how do you feel like the Sharks don't have a very good chance to get out of the Pacific right now with LA's problems, Calgary's inexperience, Vancouver is severely flawed and also dealing with injuries, and Anaheim, we just seem to have their number. Do the Sharks, where would you put the Sharks if you were making Vegas odds right now to get out of the Pacific? Are they second? Are they first? Wow, that's tough. That's tough. I think just flat out due to the huge point disparity between San Jose and Anaheim, 
I think you got to put them at least behind Anaheim. I know we have their number, but we've seen so many teams, including L.A., step it up in the playoffs. I mean, we've beaten L.A. recently. L.A. struggling, yet you and I are both not happy at the prospect of playing them in the first round. I'm not saying Anaheim's suddenly going to turn into the 1985 Edmonton Oilers here in the playoffs, but I think they do have the best record in the NHL for some kind of reason. Maybe they are sort of pretenders. Maybe the Sharks do have something to fight against them, but I'm not going to be super stoked playing Anaheim. Of course, I'll be happier than if we play L.A., but I think Vancouver is clearly the best matchup for the Sharks at this point. So I'd still say the Sharks are second, and actually... I'm not super happy about playing Calgary either. No, if we had to play I, Calgary. Uh, honestly, that's the draw that I would be the most fearful of. Besides the Kings, is I assuming that the Sharks are not a wild card, which is you know not a a hundred percent assumption. I mean no. that could happen, and they could also not make it at all. I mean they're only two points in a playoff spot right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're not talking with any sort of certainty, right? I mean they lose tomorrow night to Calgary. And uh, Winnipeg wins, and the Sharks aren't. Are, and if Vancouver wins, the Sharks aren't even in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's still very tenuous, but it, it does beg the question, dude. Should Doug Wilson be looking at this now as a different situation? Is the window open slightly for them to get another crack at Chicago? Could they get out of the Pacific? Do they owe it to themselves to take another kick at the can? And go for it one more time when they've got a path without the Kings in it, possibly, that could be doable. It could be more doable than ever. Um, to me, the answer is still no. And the answer is still you don't, you don't take a run at it because, for one thing, there's going to be a long time between the trade deadline and the end of the season. We could easily see L.A. climb back into the playoffs. We could easily see a bad matchup for the Sharks. We could see the Sharks fade. We could see the Sharks fade out of the playoffs, as you just said. I mean, you look at these point totals for these second and third place teams. The Pacific is by far the weakest division in that regard. San Jose is in second place with 63 points. No other division has the second place team at that point total. The next is the New York Islanders with 67 points. And, you know, there's plenty of team. uh, All the other divisions other than that have over 70 points. Uh, as their second place team. So it's not like San Jose's riding high, beating all these teams, and, and, and now they may make the playoffs because LA might miss. I, I still don't like the Sharks' chances, particularly. You're right, they may get out of the Pacific, but does anyone honestly believe that the Sharks could beat Chicago in a seven game series right now, barring a massive injury attack to Chicago? Because I, I just don't see it. I don't either. But, but I think the question is more viable than it was a month ago just because of how vulnerable the Pacific does seem to be and the fact that we do have some ownage on the team that would likely be waiting for you at some point at the end and the rest of the teams other than the Kings if they even make it which they may not I mean they are talk about Mm -hmm. falling off the map I mean that they have completely uh, eaten it, although I think they won uh, yesterday in Tampa, but they are really struggling, especially on the road. The whole Mike Richards stuff, um, they can't score. Quick has not been good, and th- they're very exposed, you know, right now. And and maybe the cup hangover for them is a very real thing. Maybe they're gonna kick it into another gear for these last thirty games. I mean, that wouldn't shock me at all. 
you know. Right. But I I do wonder how management is going to look at this going forward. Now, if, if the Sharks could somehow win games like last night, you'd feel better about yeah, it, right? Yeah. If they were had won last night and they won that Edmonton game and now they had won five out of six after the All-Star break, I think I'd be more inclined to go, you know what? That that little devil on my shoulder might yeah. be saying, you know what? Try it. Try it. You're watching the Epics documentary. Remember how Joe is fishing? He looks so relaxed. <laughs> don't, don't you? Don't you? Joe Pavelski's at home playing with his children. Brent Burns is at the zoo in Columbus. Don't you want to let these guys have another kick at the can? Go, go, trade Mueller for Yager. Do it. It's your only choice. <laughs> Alexander Semin's available. <laughs> go trade for Semin. Oh. You know, and then the other side of me goes, no. No, that doesn't make any sense at all. Right. When we know what the end game is. We know what the end game is. The Sharks, even if they make it out for two rounds, selling off valuable assets for another feeble attempt to beat Chicago or St. Louis, mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth it because I don't have I, I don't have any confidence that they could do it at after that point. But it would not shock me, dude, if they get out of the Pacific. It wouldn't shock me at all right now. Yeah. I think they gotta. If they're gonna make a run, they gotta make a run with the pieces that they have. Because uh, I think that I think you and I both agree in the current plan. We've seen some good play from the young guys, specifically in this as of late. We've seen Chris Tierney come back. Yeah, play oh, completely yeah, differently. Last two games, really good. And I'm encouraged that last night he moved Tierney up. He should be playing with Hurdle all the time. Yes, every night. Yes, it's enough of this James Shepard garbage enough <laughs> yeah. if any are any james shepherd defenders still left out there right anyone yeah i'm sorry we, we took some heat for that earlier in the season where, where are sorry. you guys at yeah where are the james shepherd defenders because he's next as far as i'm concerned why isn't he getting the burrish treatment it's got to be close right i mean he may not be here in two weeks yeah but when do you wave the white flag on james shepherd but wouldn't you still rather have James Shepard than John Scott? Well, John, I I would maybe rather watch, uh, someone from eight from someone from Worcester than yeah. James Shepard. I'm tired of it. Like it's it's a big zero. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. So enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting, dude. But um, I see we got some emails. Hey, Tracy, <laughs> she's back. Um, love, love her. Yeah. Uh, actually, Tracy asked about Mike Richards, dude. Let's talk about Mike Richards, who was on the fourth line most of this year. For those right. of you who certainly remember the Mike Richards heyday when he signed a 87-year deal when he was playing for Philadelphia and before Philly decided to blow up that whole scheme with trading both Richards and Jeff Carter. They signed him to a long-time deal, making, what, six or seven million bucks. He was the captain of the Flyers. And then this year, it was actually on the fourth line for much of the season. And then a week or two ago, they actually waived Mike Richards, got no takers, and now he's playing in Manchester for the AHL club. Right. How can we explain the the mighty fall of Mike Richards? Huge, huge mistake in the offseason by Dean Lombardi. It, yes. Huge mistake. Yes. I mean, that it was evident last year we started to see that Mike Richards – he was moved down to the fourth line. He was, you know, not as valuable as he was two years prior when they made their cup run. 
and his place on the team had kind of been overtaken by Toffoli and Pearson mm-hmm. and, and Clifford and players like that. And they had the opportunity to buy him out. And I guess Lombardi got nostalgic and decided to keep him, wanted to keep the guys together. And now that's a giant albatross around their neck that maybe only the Maple Leafs would take off their uh, hands because they're so stupid. <laughs> you know, maybe they'll do it. Maybe the Oilers want him. But they're not going to find any takers on Mike Richards. I don't think anybody's going to take that burden away from the Kings. Why? Why help them out? Mm-hmm. Make them suffer? Because there's nothing. They can't do anything at this point. No. He, they're stuck with him. A couple of things. I, I think the way I heard it is that Richards actually convinced Lombardi to keep him around. Um, I don't think Mike Richards is by anyone's measure, any sort of locker room problem or anything like that. I think the guy was captain for a reason. I think the guy tries hard for a reason. He plays hard for a reason. Everyone knows that's what you get when you get Mike Richards. And, And another thing I read said, you know, he's lost about a half a step and the, and the league has sort of passed him by. He was never the most skilled player on the ice. He he couldn't dangle around the defense. He couldn't split everybody, go around the net and roof it. The guy was just a hard, gritty player, did all the right things all the time. Great at the kill, great on the power play, the whole thing, great energy guy. And the fact is his skills you know, eroded just enough to put him on the outside looking in. And I think he said, you know, coach, put me in, coach. You know, he did the Ace Ventura. Put me in, coach. I can do it still. <laughs> he must have been so bad yeah. that they thought their only recourse was to not even have him around. Like mm-hmm. that, that's, this is different than like sending down Adam Burrish. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You're sending down like a five and a half million dollar player who you, you can't, yep. you can't get rid of that money. It's right. not like they got any cap savings for it. Yeah. It's I think still, they got, a, you get a little bit, a li- barely less, anything, less than right? a million dollars. Yeah. So now under, there's no more Wade Redden for those of you who haven't been following, you know, closely what the new CBA says, but you know, there once was once upon a time you got a guy like Wade Redden who was making five million bucks a year and you thought he sucked. You just take him down, put him in Norfolk, and then you still pay him five million bucks, but he doesn't count against the cap. Well, the latest cap deal, that's no longer the case. You got a guy who makes over a million dollars a year. You can't get rid of that money. And there's something about uh, cap recapture, too. If, if he yeah. gets traded and he retires... right. I think it hoses both teams. Well, if he retires, that lets the Kings off the hook. Other than that, I think uh, I, I thought that if he retires, that lets the Kings off the hook. He's not going to do that. I, exactly. He's making five or six million dollars a year. I mean, wouldn't you ride the bus for six million dollars a year? Hell Absolutely. Yes. Hell yes, Absolutely. I would. So yeah, that's that's definitely bad news for the Kings. I mean, they're going to be in a in a in a salary cap situation for many years to come. I think that contract is till twenty twenty or something twenty nineteen. Yeah. So that's good. That's good news. For the Sharks, that they're going to be dealing with. I mean, this is a Kings team that has got to be reeling a little bit. No Richards. The whole Voinoff situation has got to be distracting for that team. You know, there's been talk, that, but if if he gets, you know, somehow exonerated or mm-hmm. uh, something, he may be back. You know, sure. I mean, sure, I know, but the whole thing seems a little yeah. shady, dude. I don't want to get into that, but... Uh, Certainly, what, be what I've heard, it, it doesn't it doesn't appear to sound very good for no, Slava off. No. Let's just put it that way. No. Let's leave it there. Um, do the other news? I don't think we talked about this because it happened afterwards. But the the Worcester Sharks, dude, this is big, big news. Yeah, we did talk about this. Okay, we did. Okay, we good. did. Yeah, I mean, but now it's official. 
Right. And it is exciting. I'm stoked. We don't know the name of the team. I think we threw out some Oh yeah, that's right. Some names. It was that dude. whole thing and then everyone's you know? like sea cucumbers and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And then all these all these people rightly mentioned to us that we did not throw out the most obvious name which would be the seals, uh, the old California seals which those who might remember in 1969 when the NHL expanded, the California Seals were right. one of, or was it the Oakland Seals when they were first? I don't think they'll do that. Brought into being, being, I think the Seals is actually pretty likely, to be honest with you. No. No. Make a bet? You're going to say no. Beer. Beer says they're the Seals. A beer says they're not? Okay. Done. Done. How come you get the field? Yes, <laughs> you propose the bet. Damn it. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> it could be anything now. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, spiders. Uh, our friend, friend of the show, Ward says, uh, could the move of the Worcester Sharks to San Jose be a preparation move for the Senior Sharks to move to San Francisco and the new Warriors facility? The team's lease in San Jose is up in a couple years, and the revenue from the current facility is in the bottom half of the league as a result of being one of the five oldest facilities. How crazy is that? This this facility was built in the early '90s, and it's one of the oldest facilities in the NHL. I don't think that's that crazy. I think that that's a very interesting theory floated there you know what the I, i'm gonna i think the chance of that happening are zero. Oh, zero point zero. zero. no i don't think it's zero you've got an owner that is relatively new to the situation the warriors new building uh there that's very sexy um and to be able to partner up with that ownership group i don't think it's a zero dude i think it's a possible especially you think back to you know, I wonder what that what you know is that enough of a relocation to help the the cable you know deal? I mean, I, I don't know what that means. I yeah. mean, they'd still be in the area; they'd still be affected by the same deal. But maybe somehow partnering with the Warriors makes it sweeter. I don't know, but um, I wouldn't say it's a zero, dude. I wouldn't say it's a zero. I'd be grossly disappointed if that happened. You know, I, I think that would be a terrible move. I mean, we saw how poorly the San Francisco Bulls drew yeah. in in the city, admittedly at the Cow Palace, admittedly in the ECHL. Of course, they're not going to draw 300 fans a night or whatever the Bulls were drawing for, mm-hmm. for God's sake. But I think a lot of the, you know, the San Jose Sharks have a fan base that's in San Jose. Mm-hmm. You suddenly move an NHL team to San Francisco, a place where there is the world champion San Francisco Giants, the recently in the Super Bowl San Francisco 49ers. Who are now in Santa Clara. Who are now in Santa Clara. <laughs> so it's the reverse, dude, actually. I mean, San Francisco just had their team taken from them by the South Bay. Yeah. I mean, maybe there is a market there. I mean, I think the whole, I mean, we're getting a little off topic, but I mean, with the Warriors moving to San Francisco, I think is very risky for them because their fan base is in the East Bay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they that is... And that fan base has been fiercely loyal. Will they take Bart into the city? Probably, right? Probably. Probably, but it's not going to be any easier to get to than, you know, the Oakland Coliseum, which is no picnic to get to either. No. But I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't rate it as a zero percent chance to I, mean, I am not I'm, I am not super worried. I think you you scrape off sixty percent or seventy percent of the fan base if you move to San Francisco. Ooh. Yeah, you're 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 in trouble. I don't think and you're not going to be able to you know, San Francisco is now like this big time city with, you know, crazy rents and tech and all this kind of stuff. It's just I don't see hockey being that sexy in a, in a market like that. Like you got a young, sophisticated crowd. There's not a market for for hockey in a new place like that. Past the crudite, yeah. there's a 2-minute boarding penalty. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> 
All right. Um, dude, what else we got? Oh, Epics. Should, let's talk a little bit about the Epic show. Yeah, then. we got another one here that's about a bet, too. We oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that. let's go to Patrick, who says okay. he won a bet on the Sharks-Hawks game with his brother-in-law. He has to spend up to $25 of my choosing on a hockey-related picture, flag, or something to hang in his office for the next year. High stakes on this bet. Any ideas? My best so far is the Kane Madden shirtless limo picture, <laughs> which is pretty damn good. That is good. That is good. If you can somehow Photoshop Patrick Kane punching a taxi driver, yeah, that would be really good too. Yeah, that would be good. Um, appreciate that. Let's see. Also, maybe you know, given uh, you know, the, we're going to talk about the epic series, but if you watch the previous series uh, when it was Chicago versus Washington in the Winter Classic, I honestly don't believe. I've ever heard a human who drops more F-bombs than, than Joel Quenville. <laughs> so maybe having a Joel Quenville uh, cursing bit in there might be kind of funny. I swear, that guy, does he know any other words? <laughs> I was surprised, actually. I mean, I don't know why, but um, at the in the episode, the first episode for the Sharks, you know, Tom McClellan had some, definitely had some choice language, but he was not nearly oh my God. as... Uh, Barry Trotz and Quenville, you, may, you know, Tom McClellan's a shrinking violet compared to those guys. Yeah, he's. He, I wasn't that surprised really by anyone's uh, locker room demeanor. I would say, you know, given you know the the limited amount that we saw from the right. first episode of the Epic series, which I hope everyone is watching. If you don't have the Epic's channel, which I am now foolishly paying for, uh, I believe you can still watch it online. Uh huh. So, but it is. It was good. It was good. So, you know, there was the all-star break and, and Burns and the, that whole thing. And then, like you said, they sh- they saw uh, Joe uh, fishing. In Cabo. Uh, in Cabo. And with someone wearing a Dallas Stars t-shirt. I was know, trying to figure out, was that Jason Demers? No, that was Tom Holy, the old uh, public relations guy. Oh. He was the head of PR for um, for the Sharks. And I think he was hired in Dallas because he was going to be head of PR, head of uh, player relations in Dallas. And okay. so I know he was a very popular figure, both in the media and the players while he was here. And that's who that was. Yeah. I recognized him. I, I couldn't recognize, uh, everybody else was one of those, bro- one of those people, uh, his brother. I couldn't tell. I don't know. I just noticed I was trying to figure out no if players though. No, no, pl- no other no. San Jose sharks. No, which I, is a little interesting to me. I have to be honest. I was, I was a little bit intrigued by that. I thought that, uh, I'm not saying know, that meant dude. everything, I mean, you know, but, I mean, when, when you're on summer vacation, you know, you don't go out with like go on vacation with a bunch of teachers, yeah. you know what I mean? I guess that's true. You're getting away from your job. You're out there with your family. You know, I, I did like that. Uh, John Scott had no clue where James Shepard went on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how was uh, Vancouver? I went to San Diego. He's like, well, am I supposed uh, to know where everybody goes? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a crack up, clearly. I mean, you can see how, how he's just like kind of like a fun guy. And yeah. plus, now you know, there's that picture out in the world where someone took a screen capture of him after he scored that first goal of the season, <laughs> and then he wore a shirt with that picture on it. That is classic. I kind of want that. I kind of want that T-shirt now. Maybe that's what you should have your brother-in-law put in his office. John Scott's goal celebration picture. <laughs> That'd be funny. That's a great picture. But yeah, no, it was, it was a good. Uh, no, no real fireworks, right? Nothing really. No, nothing really uh, crazy. Although it would be interesting to see when the Sharks lose to a couple bad teams this next episode, what what really happens? Yeah, that 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 will be interesting to see how 
how they take, you know, when they're in the dressing room, how they're going to react. You know, I think we sort of from the outside wonder how emotional this team is. We may see uh, what that's like. A little insider's perspective, dude. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty funny to be following this team so closely for so many years. And then you watch a show and there's all this stuff that you have no access to ever, right? right. It's, it's, it's one thing when you watch, you know, Chicago because you never, you don't watch Chicago every day and you don't really know anything about those guys. But all of a sudden you see these guys in an environment that you're never, ever privy to. It's, it's really fun. How so. about Brent Burns' car? What is that? It's like a giant, what car? It looked like a bus. Oh, yeah, that thing. That was like a Mercedes, like a uh, cargo van. That was cool. It was all blacked out and everything, like matte black. It was the biggest car I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I think that's a perfect car for him. <laughs> I did like his comments at the All-Star game, too. He's like, what does this look? He's like, uh, Chewbacca, Sasquatch. <laughs> I also appreciated when he was at the zoo, and they it, it was, uh, what were they? They were cheetahs, and he's like, Oh man, I'd love to have one of those. <laughs> and he's not joking. No, oh, he's no. not joking. That was really funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, make sure to watch episode one if you haven't yet. I, th- I believe you can get it online for free at okay. Epic, so make sure to watch it. And um, obviously, we'll be talking more about those episodes as uh, time continues. Uh, dude, looking ahead, we have to play Calgary again here on Monday at home this time. Uh, you think there's going to be some payback here, or are the Sharks going to show the lack of speed that uh, was so terrible for them in the f- most recent game against? Yeah, Calgary? no, Vla- no Vlasic, not a good chance. I, I think for the Sharks, the way Calgary's playing, they they're very confident right now. They're too fast for us, I think, and uh, I think they're probably feeling pretty darn confident. When they see Teal come skating out of the head, you know, I think they've got to feel like they can beat the Sharks. I think that's a loss, dude. I'm not happy to say it. I think that's a loss. And, and I'm, I'm not, really I'm really not looking forward to Washington yeah. because that's one of those things where every team has the same strategy. You have to con- try to contain Alexander Ovechkin. And with the Sharks' two best defensive defensemen out of the lineup, uh, asking, I mean, who are they going to put up against the... Uh, the grade eight line who Scott like, Hannon exactly I mean seriously what are they going to do yeah, against those guys well it's a it's a problem right now dude I think it's that's definitely gonna be, a problem it could be there's gonna be a blowout well you know I think the way the Sharks are gonna have to win a game like that is have a full team commitment like they did against the Blackhawks they're gonna have to play team defense the forwards are gonna have to be very aware and they're gonna have to hope they win that game one nothing mm-hmm. and hope Niemi plays well well, Staylock's not going to play this week. I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean he he's not going to play. He might play Friday against Arizona. I don't know. I mean I I I don't think that they feel confident in him at all. And um, even though I read reports that there have been no contract discussions between Doug Wilson and Auntie Niemi's agent, I'm feeling less confident that he's going to be dealt at the deadline. Whereas a few weeks ago, I felt like it was a virtual certainty. Now mm-hmm. I think it's. Talk about something I think is almost a zero percent. I think there's no buyers out there with Devin Dubnik playing awesome in Minnesota. Right. Who but why, needs... why would why wouldn't someone say they they want to try something like that? I mean, there's plenty of teams out there that don't have the greatest goaltending on earth. But who needs Auntie Niemi? I mean, who who would give you anything for him? That Toronto. Someone... They're, they're, that's no. They're everybody's dumb. No, Toronto is gonna be having a fire sale. Yeah, that's true. Hey, we're having a fire. 
sale. <laughs> What's that from, dude? Oh, I, I Arrested can't. Development, dude. Oh, that's right. How dare you? Sorry, dude. And you say I don't catch the Simpsons? Yeah. Huh? You want to make some of these corn balls? <laughs> Pull out the corn baller? Okay, great, dude. Dude. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so it's it's not looking so good here for in the next little while. We'll, <laughs> but, you know, if anything's been the, the case in this season, it's that we haven't been very good at predicting what the Sharks are and aren't going to do. That's right. And the Sharks have seemed to be able to get up for some big games. So, I mean, maybe it'll be a little bit of a rallying cry for this team uh, to go out and, and take care of some business. They got three of these four games at home. And it would be disappointing if they, you know, come away this week, you know, Calgary, Washington at Arizona at home against Tampa. You know, you could easily see them getting two points or, you know, I mean, I, I look at that, I go, oh, two points. Yeah. And that's sad to go, ah, three home losses in a, in a season when they've already been, you know, fairly disappointing, you know, yep. at the tank. Uh, but that wouldn't shock me. And it also wouldn't shock me to see them get six points and lose in Arizona. So I'm going to go with that six points and losing in Arizona because everything is opposite day. Are we going to bet on the Arizona game, dude? Because we're going to be in Vegas for that. No, we're not going to bet on the Arizona. No, no. You're going to bet on Arizona. No, dude, you're going to put your money on the Sharks. I will slap you if you try and do that. Maybe I'll do an over under bet or something. No, under. No, under dude. I'm not touching it, dude. You never bet on your team, dude. Yeah, you never, ever bet on your team. Hey, pull up the schedule. Okay. Pull up the schedule and let's see. You know, just want to remind everybody that we're going to Vegas uh, on Friday. Yes. Oh, Doug's picking up the Vegas Cup because he's won it every year. I'm going to hold this Vegas Cup here. Vegas Cup dudes on hockey. Winner stays, loser pays. Yep. Those of you who are new listeners, uh, we do a season-long bet at the beginning of the year. I've won it three years in a row. So Mike is treating me to a trip to Vegas for the yep. third time. Yes. And I'm very grateful. So we're going on. Uh, we will be there on Friday. So, uh, dude, where is this? Gotta go back and another. Okay, sorry, I was on the wrong. So page. on Friday, here is our wager selections, and of course, we will always solicit picks from the dudes on Hockey Nation. Mm-hmm. Dude, we would be there in time to bet on any of these games. So we've got the Flyers at Columbus. Yeah. No. Yeah. Florida at Dallas. Yeah. New Jersey at Chicago. Minus 400. Minus 400. Yeah. Sharks at Arizona. We will not do. Boston at Vancouver. That now, could be you, interesting. You might get a decent line on the Bruins that night. Yes, that's You might. True. You mm-hmm. might. Now, I'll tell you, I like picking on teams that are in the second game of a back-to-back, dude. Mm-hmm. So as you look at this here, um, are any teams playing in a second game of a back-to-back? Florida. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would be inclined to take Dallas, dude. Um, And I don't think that will be a crazy line. If I had to guess, um, maybe minus 150, maybe minus 160. If it's higher than 160, I'm probably out. Right. But uh, that one looks maybe the most tempting to me. Dude, yeah. let's look at Saturday, dude. Okay, let's look at Saturday. Let's see what we got here. Because Columbus in Philadelphia, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you basically are throwing darts at a wall. Oh, man. Yeah, the Columbus at the Islanders. I mean, there's going to be a lot of really 
So again, you've got really crazy lines. lines. Uh, Winnipeg at Detroit. No thanks. That's going to be a bad one. Toronto, Montreal. That'll probably also be a bad line. Edmonton at Ottawa. Now that's the 11 a.m. game, dude, which I will definitely be betting on that because there's nothing else to do. Right. And I don't know. Maybe we'll just flip a coin. Yeah. New Jersey at Nashville. That line will be terrible, dude. Yes. Uh, the Rangers at Arizona. I think we both feel pretty good about taking the Rangers who'd be sitting there watching the game against the Sharks in Arizona. Right. But so, the Rangers will not have Henrik Lundqvist. Don't matter. Who is hurt? Doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. Doesn't matter. I don't even know who their backup is. Who's their backup? Mar- uh, Matthew Baron? No, it's uh, Talbot. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cam yeah. Talbot. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, and then I would definitely be taking Calgary at home against Vancouver. Again, a back-to-back situation. And I'll take the Avs at home against Dallas. Also playing in a back-to-back situation. Dude, I've got it all figured out. I'm going to win a million dollars! <laughs> that being said, I think Washington at LA is probably going to be the most entertaining game to watch. And I, we'll I, take that too. We'll I would take like them all. that game. We'll take them all. We'll oh, take I'm not going to bet on that game. Dude, we'll take the Caps and we're going to bet... $500 on it. $500 million. Dude, I've been practicing online playing video craps. Good for you, dude. Because you have encouraged me to try craps on this trip. It's the I best will, game in the casino. In tribute to potty training, I will be playing craps. Because <laughs> I feel like that's what I've been playing all weekend. That's true. And, and you know, hopefully, I know so far this uh, this weekend, dude, you've, you've crapped out. You got the 2, 3, 12. <laughs> it's not going so good, but next weekend, dude. Yo, 11. Yo, 11. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.